0: everybody. Welcome to my podcast. This is another podcast I am launching, but to be honest with you, this is something that's very, very near and dear to my heart that we're going to be discussing. And I decided that I wanted to do this podcast and keep it separate from my co-parenting one because my co-parenting one is very much, very, 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 very much near and dear to my heart. So I'm not walking away from the co-parenting. I just want to do this one for myself and have conversations and. Yeah, I don't know the name of the podcast yet, um, but I would love it if you guys would follow along, join my journey, do all the things, you know, Um, it's just something that I feel is necessary to do, Um, you know, there's that, I apologize, that was my son's grandparents and I just don't want to ignore them when it's their day so with that being said before we jump into it um, I'm gonna do my best to not ramble I'm gonna do my best to not get heated Um, but I feel it's important to have these conversations so here's the portion of the show where I'm gonna do my disclaimer for you all because I feel that's important to do okay okay so let's do the disclaimer First disclaimer is, I will not take hate from either side of the aisle. We can have conversations, but if we get hateful, we're ending it. Number two, and although that this is just audio now, hate really won't come till after, but I just want that disclaimer out there. Number two, if you live in New York State like I do, and you love Kathy Hochul, this is not the podcast for you. Because each episode we are going to discuss something going on in our state. And you are not going to like what I have to say about a lot of things. So I'm just going to give you a disclaimer. Give you a chance to not listen to the whole thing and move on with your day. Okay, okay. So we are going to be discussing three topics today. The governor's statement of, from, from Texas of what's happening there. The Afghanistan withdrawal and something that happened in New York City, um, which I'm not going to get into that one first. We are going to discuss the Afghanistan withdrawal. This is probably my biggest reason for starting this podcast is because I have really been frustrated with the accountability of this administration and their inability to take responsibility for their actions in the Afghanistan withdrawal. That has been my biggest issue, and probably one of my biggest gripes with the Biden administration. And that's not a hate comment. That's just the truth. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, left or right, I would have had an issue with anyone who did what they did in Afghanistan. Because I'm an Afghanistan vet's daughter. I've watched my dad come home and not be the same. I've watched things change, and the literal things that my dad has seen and done seen, like I don't understand. Now, for those military personnel that may come for me and say, no matter what we did over there, this was, the, they were always going to devolve into chaos. I understand that. I have been told that since the day my dad came home and the day my dad retired, that no matter what would have happened, Afghanistan would have fell to chaos. I understand that fully, 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 fully understand that. But the way it was handled didn't have to be that way. Now, the third thing, before you all come for me saying that we shouldn't have been there in the first place or we shouldn't have been there that long or this or that, I'm not going to sit here and debate with you how long we should have been there, how long we should have stayed there. I have my personal opinion about it. You have your personal opinion about it. I'm not going to argue with you. The issue at hand is how the Af- is how we left. Period. End of discussion. So now we are going to talk about this Afghanistan report. Now this article that I'm looking at is from July of 2023. The fact that it took us so long to get this report should have been a red flag to anybody. But it wasn't. Whatever, whatever, whatever it wasn't. Okay? So... And this is from Politico. Now, I've tried my best to find things that were not mainstream media. Um, I've tried my best. It's not perfect. It's n- it's never going to be a reality where we're going to find a perfect piece of news. It's just not. Um, so we are going to talk about it. So in the first sentence, they talk about how the Biden administration tried to bury the Afghanistan report, which is very, very real. Um... Finding even, like, the documents themselves on the Afghanistan withdrawal is very hard. Um, I didn't find it till like, news stations actually started publishing it because it was so hard to find. Because I, I tried to find it before this, but it is what it is. Um, because of what's in it. That's the thing that I don't think people understand is that... I don't care about that. That's it. I don't want to say I don't care about the Afghanistan withdrawal. I care about the Afghanistan withdrawal. But why are we hiding what's in the report? Like, why are we actively hiding it? If they did nothing wrong, if they were perfect, if they handled it beautifully, why are we hiding a report? And it's what's in the report that hi- that is 24 pages long, okay, that highlights the 90 days of whatever. I don't know if it was a full 90 days, the withdrawal, but it, it, it's a 90 day whatever. Okay, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be eloquent with this podcast. So if this is not something, if you want somebody perfect or eloquent, go find somewhere else. Um, honestly, I watch a lot of Graham Allen podcasts. We're, we're lucky I, I'm not flying off the handle yet. Okay, okay. So here it goes. So these are like the four main points in this article of things that they talk about. And the fifth one that they talk about. But I wanted to kind of go through the main points of it and address those because I feel it's important that we talk about everything. And I just want to say that Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, I have issues with you too. It's not just Biden. I have issues with you too. And I'm going to talk about those issues. Okay, so the first thing is there was insufficient senior level consideration of the worst case scenarios and how quickly those might follow. Do we understand what that's saying? There was insufficient senior level consideration for the worst case scenarios. Senior levels, General Milley, Secretary Austin, Secretary Blinken, senior levels, senior level officials did not take into account the worst case scenarios and how quickly those might follow. What was the point of having CIA over there if we weren't going to use our own intel? I don't understand don't understand. See, this is my problem with Secretary Austin, Secretary Blinken, and General Milley. They all just want to point a finger and act like they don't know what happened, but they were in the room. I understand that you can't hold the man down and make him do what you want to do, but you were in the room. And then we get this report that says there were insufficient senior level consideration of the worst case scenarios. And how quickly those might follow. So that means to tell me that we didn't look at all of our intel. We just made decisions willy-nilly and didn't consider our men and women in uniform or civilians when we made those decisions. And we didn't take into consideration that the Taliban has had the last 10 to 20 years to sit there and stew and make a plan. And you wonder how we got here. They had 20 years to make a plan. All they had to do was wait for the right person in office for us to make any mistakes. And they got that with Biden. They got that with Biden. If honestly... Number two, while predictions varied up until the almost the time Cabal fell, most estimates were that the Afghan government and its force could hold the city for weeks, if not months. So we left a government official that we knew was incapable of holding his own city. We left the Afghan army to fight on their own, knowing they were ill-prepared. Listen, I'm not saying that Americans had to fight with the Taliban, okay? Because at some point, yes, I understand they need to be able to fight against them themselves. But we clearly didn't prepare them for that. We have been Over there for 20 years training these men and women. And you mean to tell me that after all that training for 10 to 20 years, being kind here, that we could not, I repeat, could not train these men to fight on their own? Men that we have made allies with? And friends with to help them have freedom, and you mean to tell me that we couldn't even get them to a point of fighting on their own? What were we doing uh, there then? Like I don't understand. The first two just blow my mind because not only did did we ignore intel, did we did did senior levels. In Biden's administration, who are in charge of defense, in charge of military personnel, didn't think through the worst case scenarios and how quickly it would happen. But then, but then, we knew the president of Afghanistan and his army couldn't hold the city for a few weeks, and we still just left the way we did. We didn't have to do that. Like there was so much we could have done to help the Afghan army without fighting. We could have left. We could have left a little bit of troops there. We could have left I don't know what the approximate number was, but like we could have left some troops there. We could have made sure that we were giving them the what we- the appropriate weapons to fight the Taliban. Instead, we just left. We could have left the Afghan president with some sort of security. That wasn't his own people. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. This, I'm going to be honest, this gets worse. This gets worse. And honestly, this is just one article on it. Like, it gets worse when you do digging. Like, it really does. Okay. Now, this part is amazing to me. Even more. The third one, it was unclear who in the department had lead on a non-combatant evacuation operation known as an NEO naming a seventh floor principal to oversee all elements of the crisis response would have improved coordination across different lines of effort. So we didn't have anyone in charge. Is, is that, that's what that's telling me that's telling me that we made decisions but it was not clear who was in charge so everybody was just making willy nilly decisions why are we fighting a war with no plan to like exit honestly honestly Like, we just made decisions and just willy-nilly, like, put people's lives at risk. Like, Americans and Afghanis and children, women, at risk and made a bunch of willy-nilly decisions with no clear person in charge. Truly, truly, this is just, like, scratching the surface of this article, of this report. Honestly, reading that report was so eye-opening to me about... The people we have in charge of the military. Not the military that's fighting in our wars. Not the military that's, like, deployable. But, like, the generals at the top. The Secretary of Defense. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's like I said in, like, the one video where they were talking about, like, the Hamas and, like... Hamas was it Hamas no they were talking about Iran right before like the Hamas and invaded like did what they did in Israel I'm not going to be eloquent or perfect here I'm sorry and like general um Blinken and general what is this what is the secretary of defense name Austin went out there and said what we don't want to happen to the news stations like these people aren't watching it like come on now okay the fourth one Constantly changing policy guidance and public messaging from the White House regarding which populations were eligible for relocation and how the embassy should manage outreach and flow added to the confusion and often failed to take into account key facts on the ground. This is why I get so irritated with Biden, Blinken, and Austin because they go out there in front of the news stations and say things and they don't think about the ramifications of our men and women in the military like just before the Israel war again Biden leaked a bunch of pictures with military personnel's names on it by accident with they were headed over to the Mediterranean Sea it's like I don't understand you guys go out there, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, everything's great, everything's, that's not reality. The literal fact that you guys change your policy and your public messaging based off polls instead of what's going on with boots on the ground is the most irritating thing to watch on the planet. The last one fires me up because the reality of the situation is, is that, okay, so I'm gonna get a little bit personal right now. When you sit down and you find out that your parent's going to war. The first three things you are told you will not know where they're going. Sometimes you end up finding out, but you're not supposed to tell anybody. Number two, that your emotions and what's going on at home does not matter in that moment. It doesn't matter how much you miss him, it doesn't matter if you're sick, it doesn't matter. The objective is to get your family member home safely. Okay, so you have that factor, okay? Those are two big things, okay? That just some of this, even not even scratching the surface of conversations that me and my father and my family have had in regards to war, okay? The fact that our Secretary of State, our Secretary of defense and our president can go out there and make multiple different public messages about what was going on in Afghanistan as to who we should be taking taking to an embassy doing this doing that is appalling the main focus should have been Americans first then our allies everyone else that was possibly a terrorist leave them there Like, I don't understand why our president is incapable of, I'm sorry, was incapable of saying the simplest things about Afghanistan. He was so focused on his deadline that he created that he couldn't effectively withdraw from Afghanistan. He is incompetent. Him, Austin, and Blinken, I do not understand why they are Biden-we-voted. So we're just going to ignore that because half of you Nimbus souls voted for him. Austin and Blinken, why are they not fired? General Milley, why is he not fired? Why aren't the three main generals who were in charge? Two people who made statements to the press causing them mixed messages regarding which populations for relocation and how the embassy should manage outreach and flow, add to the confusion and often fail to take into account key factors on the ground, still have a job. And the general of the military, to refresh your memory, there there was insufficient senior level consideration of the worst case scenarios and how quickly those might follow. Why are these three men still in charge of anything? Forget Biden for a minute because he's voted. These three men should have been fired immediately. I'm sorry. Now, the reason, now the last reason that irritates me beyond measure is these people, your precious president, your precious secretary of state, your... precious Secretary of Defense got into a room in this report and made a decision. They knew exactly who they were going to blame. The former President of the United States, Donald Trump. And his deal with the Taliban that cut out the Afghanistan Afghan government. Now, I'm going to pause here and say something about Trump, and I feel like I'm going to get heat from conservatives, but let me make one thing abundantly clear. I am not okay with the fact that Trump was negotiating with the Taliban. Because I do not believe the Taliban is sorry that they allowed terrorists that were planning an attack on us to be in their state. But I also... Don't like the fact that the United States continuously cozies up to Saudi Arabia, like Saudi Arabia wasn't also part of the problem in 9 11. But nobody wants to talk about that. Okay? So I just want to make that abundantly clear before we continue this whole thing through. Okay. So the deal with the Taliban that cut out the Afghan government, the death of the relevant Senate confirmed officials at the department, and a I'm not even going to try it, they among those unnecessarily complicit state Afghanistan governments. Per, per the report, it goes to mention how diplomats and civil civilian officials overcame adversity to eventually airlift more than 120 people out of Afghanistan. You want a, you want a round of applause? Like, really? There was still people you left behind that retired men and women went to go get. Like, come on now. As for recommendations in the report, the report essentially calls for improving state's ability to handle crisis, appointing a single person to lead response effort, engaging in more planning exercises like, like, lab, like tablets, and improving crisis communication. These people. Okay, I'm not even going to read any further of this because um, they talk about like you know, ways to improve, um, I just want to read the person, I want to read this person's statement in this article on this, and then I am going to get into my personal feelings, and then move on, okay, so, Jonathan Scratchman, an expert on Afghanistan at the Virginia-based CNA think tank, called the whole document, military, Meliquestos at best. This only spends approximate amount of space deflating blame, making excuses, and praising the overall effort exhibited by the State Department during the withdrawal and evacuation. He told Nasek Daily, It's upbeat tone and very modest recommendations for improvement are in sharp contrast with the images I think most Americans have in their mind of how the U.S. effort in Afghanistan ended. He couldn't have said, I couldn't have said it better myself. So to end this portion, I am going to adjure going to say some things that might piss a lot of people off. But it needs to be said. Three men of this administration decided they had their scapegoat and Donald Trump. What I think they fail to realize is that not only do we have pictures of, the, of people holding onto planes, people running, people doing all sorts of things, Americans fleeing for safety, we also have another image of a bomb going off with 13 servicemen and women died in this, wef- in this withdrawal. They did not have to die. This report is garbage to me. 13 servicemen died because of the way you handled this withdrawal. And instead of saying, I messed up, I handled it poorly. We as an administration screwed up. You decided to make excuses for what happened and blame the guy not even in charge. It is sickening to me. I'm sorry. Thirteen servicemen and women died. In this Afghanistan withdrawal. But all you care about. Is saving your image. Of the best politician that's ever been on the planet. Get out of here. All General Milley cares about. Is his precious accolades. Clearly. Because General Milley. You are just as much to blame. As Biden. As Austin as Blinken. We also had an image of our president as those 13 men and women were getting off of that plane brought home by their fellow servicemen. You are looking at your watch. Are you kidding me? If everyone thinks That this Afghanistan withdrawal thing is going away. It's not. It's not. I'm sorry to burst this administration's bubble. Burst Democrats' bottom bubbles. But here's the deal. This isn't going away. As somebody who has watched someone come home from there. I am truly, truly, truly never letting this go. My dad did not go over there. For as long as he did. My dad did not miss every big thing in my life. For these people to be a disgrace. I'm sorry. So that is just the Afghanistan withdrawal situation. Um, I like I said. I'm I'm not going to shut up about it. Um, Like I'm actually thinking of like doing a deep dive like episode. So if you want that let me know. But I really wanted to talk about this. Um, I do want to say that the report is now available to the public. You can go find it yourself. Um, honestly, the more I read, the more angry I get. So I'm just not. I'm just not gonna do it. Um, I really hope that you all understand the reason why this should upset you. Um, I know that there is liberal media trying to spin a story right now that Russia didn't Russia didn't invade Ukraine because of Afghanistan. China's not getting ready to invade Taiwan because of Afghanistan. The Israel war didn't happen because of Afghanistan. So I just want to make one thing abundantly clear. Um, that's a load of crap. Um, I'm not saying that it started the wars because I know Russia has always wanted Ukraine back and I know that Hamas and Israel have always been fighting. I'm not going to get too deep into the Israel war right now because I don't have the energy for that one. Um, but, and I know that China has always acknowledged Taiwan as its land, okay? I understand those pieces of the puzzle. But what you don't understand is that the Afghanistan war caused a catalyst, okay? withdraw caused a catalyst, okay? Russia's emboldened. Um, Iran is emboldened. And China thought it was okay to fly a spy balloon across the United States. That took us forever to shoot down. Just, okay? Uh, Like, if you live in this bubble where you think that none of these things correlate with the Afghanistan war, you are wrong. I understand that we need to be America first, but we also need to understand that we don't want a war brought here. But but that's clearly happening. So that was the Afghanistan war withdrawal portion of the show. So now we're going to talk about, you know what? Just to calm me down a little bit, we're going to talk about the last one first. So listen, I am all for protecting the immigrants that are already in New York State, but I feel strongly, 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 that New York State's citizens need to come before anyone else, okay? So, this article is from Fox News, where it talks about New York City high school students forced into remote remote learning as 2,000 migrants shelter in school instead. So, because a snowstorm... Let let me clarify that because a snowstorm was coming. Let me keep reading. Nearly 2,000 migrants being sheltered in a tent in New York City are being transferred to a nearby high school where students will pivot to remote learning due to the disruption it is causing, sparking outrage from residents and local politicians. New York City Mayor... Eric Adams' office said it's moving 1,900 migrants from the tent shelter at Floyd Bennett Field for safety reasons due to incoming storms and potential high winds. According to the New York Daily News, Adam told reporters that it was being done out of an, abun- out of an overabundance of caution. We want to make sure people are safe. Are you kidding me? You hadn't even closed schools yet, and you did this. Like, I don't understand the mayor of New York City. If somebody is from New York City, can someone please explain him to me? Because I don't understand it. He doesn't like the fact that we're a sanctuary state, okay? But he doesn't do anything to solve the problem. He doesn't like the fact that there's crime in his city, but he doesn't do anything to solve the problem. Like, I just don't understand. And I'm not saying that he, like, has to pass a law or anything. But, like, he could be proactively doing something. While well, crime-wise, he could... You know what? We're not going to go there, okay? He could be... Like, I understand that there's other dynamics to the situation. But you're also a mayor of a city. Like, could you do something? Like, could you do something constructive with your with your time? Like, this is not constructive to me. Like... I understand there was a snowstorm coming and the kids probably weren't going to have school anyways, but like you just kicked out a bunch of high schoolers to remote learning. Have we not learned from the pandemic that remote learning doesn't work? Okay, but it's controversial moving them to Jason Madison High School, which confirmed it was being used as a temporarily overnight respite center and will be closed as a result on Wednesday with students being forced to pivot to online learning as a result. In the statement, Republican Councilwoman Ian Vranicroft, if I pronounced your name wrong, I'm so sorry, called the move unacceptable arguing that the F- F- Floyd Bennett Field is not a sustainable housing facility. Which well, she's not wrong. Which well, she's not wrong. Pub- like, let me just read this part, okay? Our public schools are meant to be places of learning and growth for our children and were never intended to be shelters or facilities for emergency housing. She's 100% correct they i work in a public school the heat the the electricity nothing is working on the weekends so let alone, like i don't understand our schools are not meant to be housing why are we giving people permission to house in the school do you really think that do you really think that they're not breaking in and being squatters at this point like come on people <sighs> new York commi- comp controller Brian Lewin, a Democrat, said that placing migrants at the Floyd-Bennett Floyd, Field highlights the mismanagement and waste of money that it's all too present in City Hall's approach to shelter and services for asylum seekers. Okay, we even have a Democrat agreeing that this is crazy. Guys, New York has become is a sanctuary state. I understand that. And I understand that nobody can fix it but our lovely governor... But here's the deal. Our children, our children are now being forced to deal with these situations because our governor is allowing us to remain a sanctuary state. Our children should be come before illegal immigrants. Our children's education should come before illegal immigrants. I'm sorry if that's crazy to say out loud, but are we really going to keep allowing this? And for those of you that live outside New York City, because I said something along these lines yesterday, said to, says, well, it's not going to happen here. Okay, I understand that it's not going to happen here. So we claim it's not going to happen here. We are getting them to, at some point here, we're going to have to start making a decision. Fight for our children or keep allowing them to kick us out, even if it's temporary for illegal immigrants. There has to be a line in the sand. There has to be. Where our safety and our children come first. Why is that so bad to say? Why is that so bad to say? I'm sorry, but if my child would. Ever, get ever, ever, if this ever happens, I'm going to lose my mind because this is not okay. My son has special needs. He can't learn on the computer. The fact that we would even allow it for one day tells me everything we need to know. And we can keep saying it won't happen here, it won't happen there till it's at our front door. And we have to make a decision as to if we're going to fight for our children or fight for these illegal immigrants. It can't be both right now. And I'm sorry, my child will always be chosen first. And the fact that we are even allowing a school to shut down to house illegal immigrants in a snowstorm that are not equipped to be a shelter for illegal immigrants shows me what's wrong with this entire thing. We have taken more people than we can care for. And now our state and our schools are suffering because we have to find places to put these people and we do not have enough space that is the reality but you don't want to talk about reality okay so 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 then there was um infuriated parents yelling at the bus driver which i'm sorry i feel they should be infuriated because we should be concerned about our children if we I'm going to say this as a parent and as an educator, if you are not involved in your child's education, then you are part of the problem. Okay? You're part of the problem with everything. Being involved and being a parent, listen, I understand, okay? Because not only am I an educator for now, we'll see how long me being in education actually lasts, but. Me being involved in what my child's reading, making sure that none of this crap that is being taught in some public schools in New York doesn't trickle down to my kid is my number one priority, okay? Number two, the fact that my kid getting an education before somebody who illegally came into this country is my priority. And if that makes me the bad guy, then so be it here. Because we should be mad. We should be mad. The fact that I am choosing to be involved with my child and go to board education meetings and be involved should not mean I should be on the FBI's most wanted list. But if you want to put me there as terrorist, then go ahead. Because honestly, at this point, I'm over it. My child will not be exposed to anything that he's not supposed to be exposed to. Because you want to teach it. That's a whole separate rant we'll talk about another day. But I just wanted to clarify, and my child will also not miss school and be sent home for an illegal immigrant <sighs> okay and obviously adam's office is defending himself saying that we are sanctuary city blaming texas for sending them all blah 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 And he said, until President Biden reverses course on his open border policies, Texas will continue transporting migrants to these cities. We will not back down in our efforts to secure the border. Okay, you're full of crap because you're not securing the border. You're, you're full of crap, Eric Adams. This is, not, this is not securing the border. This is, in fact, allowing them to keep crossing if these sanctuary states are thinking that they're helping secure the border and helping protect americans they're full of crap these people are crossing because they're sanctuary states they're getting handed free stuff etc etc yes some of them are escaping the true causes of their country and i'm not knocking them for it but the reality of the situation is is that this is what this is not securing our border this is allowing an influx of people and that is a problem you cannot call it a problem or you could call it a problem. It's a problem. Okay, speaking of the border, perfect segue, right? I am truly, truly, truly proud of this man. I wish he was running for president. I have a feeling that he might be one of the ones after Trump wins the next one because honestly, I think, I honestly think that he could very well be the future of the Republican Party one of the candidates i'm not saying that he's running don't come at me i'm not saying governor abbott's running i'm not saying governor abbott's doing anything i'm just pure speculation i have like three in my head that i think are running for president after trump is done because he can only do one more term and i fully believe the you know what i'll say the three you all can agree or disagree. I think Governor Abbott might be one of them. Although, I've seen some comments lately about, like, some things, so I don't know for sure. But Governor Abbott, Jim Jordan, and I also thought before, but he only survived one term of Congress, so I don't know if he will, but I also thought Madison Cawthorn was going to go for it for, like, a hot minute, too, but I could be wrong. Okay, so now we're going to read... Governor Abbott's thing. If you don't know, Governor Abbott sent the National Guard, his National Guard, to the border to deal with the issue. The Supreme Court did what they did, okay? Not going to... One comment on the Supreme Court, though. I am disappointed that Amy Cohen Barrett voted the way she did. On this, I'm extremely disappointed. Um, Let me actually pull that up. And just kind of read it for you guys because I feel like it's important to note here that um, she she did what she did. Um, he um, I follow Daisy Doreno, who that's who um, this situation is. Um, but he shared an article um, and then I'm going to read his comment on there because I feel it's important to know as well. Um He the the citizens free press posted this. Amy Coney Barrett just voted in favor of allowing Biden's federal border agents to dismantle the razor the razor fencing set by set up by the Texas agents to stop illegal immigrants from entering America. The vote was five four. She was the deciding vote, and they ended it with what a nightmare. And he put, it's nice to know that we all fought like hell to get ACB on the Supreme Court just so she could rule that illegal aliens can flood our country. And that's honestly how I feel. We fought so hard for that lady, so hard, a Republican Supreme Court justice, and she voted this way. It's extremely saddening to see, if I'm being honest with you. So, obviously, we know what happened. Um, in regards to this. So I'm just going to read you Governor Abbott's statement, um, because obviously if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram, if you're on YouTube, you know about this. Um, I just wanted to discuss a little bit about Amy Coney Barrett and her vote and just kind of my feelings on the border issue. I feel like it's important to discuss Governor Abbott issues statement on Texas constitutional right to self-defense. Austin. Governor Abbott today issued a statement on Texas constitutional right to defend and protect itself as the president itself as President Joe Biden continues to attack Texas and refuse to perform his duties to secure the border. The executive executive branch of the United States, I'm sorry, words are hard right now, as a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states including immigration laws on the books right now president biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants the failure of the biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by article five for s4 has triggered article one s10 clause three which reserves which reserves to this state the right to self-defense. For reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, S10, Clause 3, to invoke Texas constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. The authority is the supreme court, supreme law of the land, and supremes any federal statutes to the contrary. That about sums it up up his statement and all i have to say with that is i stand with texas if we are not going to stand with texas and defend our borders we are going to have another 9-11 i do not understand why anyone would think that this is okay like in what universe are we okay with thousands of people flooding flooding us and and the cartels are shooting at border patrol and we're just like ah. nothing to see here like no no and with that being said you know i shared a tiktok on my instagram and i'm gonna give conservative aunt full credit here because he's one of my favorite people you know he brought up a good point with all of you people that seem to think this is okay and normal you lock your doors you have cameras you protect yourself but protecting our border is not a priority to you why what is the difference this is protecting america as a whole protecting our children Protecting our children. It is amazing to me and crazy to me that you all just think that them crossing the border is okay. And it's not. I am all for people seeking asylum. I am all for people crossing the legal way. Me saying that should not be an issue. So we are going to end this here because I rambled long enough. I'm fired up and I encourage you guys to share this. I encourage you guys to do your own research too. Like, I just want to end with that. Like, do your own research. Um, for a long time, I just went with what I was told and honestly, before like my 20 before, like turning 26, I was in fact a Democrat and I believed a l- lot of what you all believe. Um, it wasn't really until 2020 that my views really changed. Um, COVID was the catalyst, which that will be a separate episode because um, that is on the list. But I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, I would love it if you guys would share it. um, Tune in for the next episode. I'm going to try and upload these every Sunday. Um, That's the goal. I'm sorry, not every Sunday. Every, like, well, every Saturday or Sunday, depending on the schedule. Um, It's just something that I really want to do. Um, I'm going to try my best not to ramble this much. Um, this was my first episode, and I and there was a lot to talk about. So, hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you guys very soon.